Folks, welcome into the Irish NFL show. It's Sunday nights. The international games are out this week. It's been a busy week with the draft, the international games. And now it is presented by Trust, the Arlingas College Football Classic, and many arcade systems. More on that throughout the show. Uh, we have got the lead draft analyst among many other things for Bleacher Report. Connor Rogers kicking the show off. Connor, it's great to welcome you back. Oh, it's great to be back, guys. How are you? It's it's good, sir. It's been uh, it's been a busy few weeks, to be fair. Yeah, for yourself. Uh, a little bit, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's fun. This is the best time of the year. Um, it has been a busy couple of weeks, but you know what? I, I really love that the, everybody's enthusiasm about the draft. It's not just me, like when I was a kid, uh, you know, obviously a while ago that I was the one excited about the draft. I feel like everybody loves the draft now. So I am, I do not take it for granted. Connor, um, I, I suppose much to, um, Brian O'Leary's charge and I have a, a soft spot in my heart for the city of Philadelphia and for the, the Philadelphia Eagles, they had themselves a, a pretty nice draft and a pretty solid off season. They had a great off season. I mean, I, they were one of my winners for the off season on Bleacher Report today. I, I think I look at it and go, you know, you go into free agency, you get Hassan Reddick. Now you have Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick screaming off the edge, but when you what they did on draft night was just great preparation. I mean, moving up, you get Jordan Davis. Now you got a big beast in the middle for those two edges to have a lot of space to work one on one against tackles. Uh, they got Nakobe Dean. I thought the best value pick in the third round, who could be a high upside linebacker in the middle of the field. That's something the Eagles traditionally never ever have. They never invest in that. And then the trade for AJ Brown. I mean, this is the the muscle to Devonte Smith's refinement where you have a one and two wide receiver that really complement each other. Well, a team that knew how to run the hell out of the football last year with Jalen hurts in their backfield. They got a big, nasty, physical, athletic offensive line. Uh, they got Cam Jurgens in the second round to learn behind Jason Kelsey, or maybe play guard. We'll see how that shakes out this year. I really love what the Eagles did. I think they're in for a big year. I think when you look at some of the pieces, the Cowboys lost and you look at how, Washington's retooling a bit. They're a solid team. The Giants are rebuilding. You don't worry about them. The Eagles are a legitimate threat in the NFC East. And if I think I was picking today, I would roll with the Eagles to win that division. Connor, Colin was referring to my love for the Giants because obviously that's my team. I'm going to start there. So Thibodeau 05 and, and Neil at 7, everybody felt we'd go offensive line at 5 the way it obviously fell, it kind of fell into a lap essentially. But you've been quite high on Thibodeau throughout the process in terms of how you feel he is as a top player. And for a long time, people were saying he was going to go one, if not one, certainly two. Obviously, things evolved over the months. It's a good, it's worked out well for the Giants because it's been quite some time since we had a proper uh, pass rusher. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's what the Giants' championships are built on, right? I mean, we all know about Eli Manning, but it's, to me, it's Justin Tuck and, you know, that defensive front that was constantly wreaking havoc against Tom Brady. And the Giants, you know, the top of this draft to me was exactly what they've been missing for a long time since they've been losing for a while is trench play. It's the dominant pieces in the trenches that get back to being New York Giants football. I think Thibodeau is a guy with excellent explosiveness off the edge. I think that him and Azizo Jalari are going to are going to get them where they need to be up front with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence in the middle. That front four looks really, really good. Without Thibodeau, you kind of shrug and go, it's okay. With Thibodeau, completely revamps that entire front four. Evan Neal was a guy that made so much sense for them throughout this process. I thought they'd take him at five. They get him at seven. That's incredible value. He started at right tackle in 2020. The Giants want uh, wanted a right tackle in this draft. They feel really good about the progress Andrew Thomas has made on the left side. And now you get Evan Neal, who has really good 2020 tape on the right side. I think his feet are better suited for the right side. 
I love his drive blocking ability. You can give him a little bit more help, a chip help on the right side with the tight ends. They got Daniel Bellinger later on, who I love. That was one of my favorite yeah. value picks of the draft. Uh, the Giants, you know, for so long have been trying to put a roof over a house that didn't exist with Dave Gettleman. With Joe Shane, it's ground up. Ground floor, here we go. Let's build a base, and then we'll stack the deck with, you know, our wide receivers, our corners, all these things. They got a ground floor in the trenches now to be a tougher, more hard-nosed football team. It's a rebuild. Everybody's going to have to be patient. But they got the right guy there coming from Buffalo that's going to build it the right way. Connor, is the combination of wide receiver Sky Moore and Patrick Mahomes one of the best dynamic duos in football now after this draft, or am I just giving you a hot take? Uh, no, it's fun, man. It's a great fit, right? I think when you look at fit, it's so important. When you look at Sky Moore's testing, he had one of the best 10-yard splits in the entire draft at wide receiver, which is his explosive acceleration. And when you think of the Chiefs' offense, that explosive acceleration is what you think of. It's the pitch passes, it's the vertical throws, it's the ability when things break down to work back to Patrick Mahomes or cut, you know, take over the top of the defense. And Sky Moore can do all those things. So everybody's freaking out about Tyree Kill being gone. And I get it, it's a big loss, but you still have Travis Kelsey there. Now you're a little bit more rounded. You have a possession guy in Juju Smith Schuster, you have a deep threat in Marcus Valdez Scantling. Uh, you have Sky Moore, who could do a little bit of everything. He can win over the top. He can win in the intermediate range. You know, you still have McCole Hardman's speed there. The Chiefs are a threat, and I think they're I think they're a little bit of a tougher team inside, where maybe they're built to run the football a little bit more, especially when you look at the defense they got. Can that defense now get off the field? Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, Leo Chanel, uh, really, really good defensive picks that are starters in my eyes, not just role players, but they're legitimate starters. So, I mean, I like that fit a lot. It's going to be the talk of town in the Dynasty Fantasy Leagues because Sky Moore is the kind of player that he goes somewhere with a quarterback that can not only extend plays but push the ball vertically. He can explode. We already saw the monster production last year. Now he goes to the right NFL fit for that. Connor, um, the Baltimore Ravens last year, I, I don't know if I've ever seen an injury list quite like what they had. Yeah. Um, they've obviously made changes um, with the defensive coordinator they still have to get things sorted out with Lamar and the contract, but given what they, they did in, in the draft and they should be a lot healthier and look Harbaugh as Harbaugh, they're pretty well set up for this year. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're one of my big bounce back teams in terms of great defense, which is the story of the Baltimore Ravens, right? When you look at it now, you got the big hulking nose tackle and Travis Jones, you got a playmaking safety in Kyle Hamilton that can kind of run around, you know, kind of like how Troy Polamalu did against their, you know, their rival, the Steelers. You have Marcus Williams, who you paid a lot of money in free agency to be a reliable coverage piece over the top. And now you have Kyle Hamilton that can run around and make plays. You got a top five player in the draft in me and Tyler Linderbaum. They're going to run, run, run the ball, protect Lamar Jackson. Uh, they're going to wear teams out. That's what they're going to do. And they're built to do that. I, they're going to go 13 personnel. They got three tight ends that can catch the ball. You got Mark Andrews, Charlie Kohler, Isaiah Likely. They're a really, really good team. And they're a team that teams just don't like playing them because they, they're just so physical. They're so much bigger and nastier than a lot of football teams. And like you said, the injuries last year was a fluky year. You don't see a team get banged up like that. That's going to regress back to the mean. And that's good news for Baltimore Ravens. Connor, everybody's been great, very impressed by the, the job in which Joe Douglas has done this offseason between a very proactive free agency period and then obviously leading into the draft and in particular the, the trade up late in the first round to, to get Jermaine Johnson, who for a long time was projected to go top 10, top 15. 
do you have any reason as to why he felt it? Was it just purely around strategic moves of teams picking up other positions rather than the player itself? It really was. It was teams got caught in the wide receiver run. I mean, we saw a bunch, right? You know, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson went in there. Nobody had Jahan Dotson going in the top 20. Uh, so you had that run take off. You had the fact that a player like Trevor Penning that traditionally wouldn't go that early coming out of FCS and, and having his own struggles, the t- need for tackle was so big for the Saints. And then, you know, you look at the run on corners. Stingley and Sauce went earlier than everybody thought, and Trent McDuffie was a trade-up. Kair Elam was a trade-up. So when you look at it like that, Jermaine Johnson became the forgotten man, which is kind of crazy. It happened to George Karloftis, too. George Karloftis fell all the way to the end of the first round. So... These were pass rushers that have violent hands. They're tough. They can play the run. But teams didn't value them maybe because they're not as explosive as Hutchinson and Thibodeau were. And maybe that'll come back to bite them because they're pro-ready. They have a good plan of attack. Uh, they have a good array of moves. I saw with Jermaine Johnson, the two-handed swipe, the spin move, the rip and dip. Uh, he just knows how to win. He's, a, he's got polish. He's an older prospect. He's had a long road Juco, Georgia, Florida State. But you know, from everything I heard, it was more of, uh, and the Jets were shocked, by the way. The Jets were shocked that he started to fall. When he fell to 15, they picked up the phone and said, how do we get back in? Couldn't get back in. He's falling, falling, falling. Didn't think he'd make it by the Ravens again, and he does. And they found a way to get back up by trading with Tennessee. And uh, he was he was a top 10 player for them in the draft. They loved the guy. Robert Sala and him really hit it off. And I think that's going to pay dividends for both of them in the long run. One team that gets a lot out of their passing game, Connor, is the Buffalo Bills, and then they go after now James Cook, running back from Georgia. Like this, it's really it's really went up a level for them now. And the, uh, for me, like the expectation of this Bills offense just goes up and up and up in that division. I mean, they're they're terrifying, right? Like, who wants to run into an alien at quarterback and Josh Allen that can run, throw the ball a mile, extend plays, play in the pocket, do everything? Like you said, you got Stephon Diggs, a true number one. You have Gabe Davis, a vertical number two. You have Isaiah McKenzie, a gadget guy. You have Dawson Knox, a high upside receiving tight end. And then you add into the equation a guy like Cook that can take over when Motor Singletary leaves in free agency after next year. That's just a dynamic pass-catching running back if you use him as an outlet. I mean, guys, we know how much linebackers need to dedicate to Josh Allen and not let him out of the pocket and let him get past the line of scrimmage. How much conflict are those linebackers going to be in when it's James Cook chip blocking, Josh Allen rolling, Josh Allen making them cheat up, and then James Cook goes over their head and catches the ball and run? I don't know how you stop the Buffalo Bills right now. I really don't. I think they're the most talented team in football. I think they're the number one team on my power rankings. Um, and, and they're going to be a tough. They got to show it, right? They haven't been to the dance in this era. They got to show it. They got to prove it. But. Every single ingredient is there for that team to be a freaking powerhouse, and I think it's going to come to fruition. It'll it'll be an interesting one, certainly. Uh, Big we, expectations. We, yeah, we we've seen that Scary. before. Um, I talked about the Eagles earlier, the the dream team, but another team who um, you know have been um, a, a storied history, we'll say. And recent years have been very very good, but an interesting off season. The 49ers. Mike McDaniel, who uh, Kyle Shanahan has brought with him everywhere he's gone, go, goes to the Dolphins. There's that the whole piece where Jimmy's still there. Um, D, D, whatever is going on with Debo, um, they've lost some other, other pieces uh, in terms of Jones going to the Broncos. What did you think of their draft? And where, where do the 49ers sit as, uh, where, as we are in, in, 
I mean, we're in May, but uh, it 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 can't be it can't be all all um happy campers there. No, I mean, number one, I had them at nine on the top ten. I did so, still a legit contender, but not as scary as we're used to seeing. And I think, guys, the thing for me is. There's no sign Debo's coming back, and maybe he does now that he didn't get traded and they figure out the money or whatever, but it hasn't been optimistic there. You lost uh, Mike McDaniel, who I've always heard for years is one of the smartest offensive minds in football and the, the orchestrator of that run game. And Kyle can orchestrate a run game, but Mike is really the guy that was doing it week after week based on matchups. So who fills that void the way Mike can do it? The draft, kind of peculiar, right? Uh, Drake Jackson is a guy that has all the tools as a pass rusher. He couldn't put them together at USC. A running back, a power back, and Ty Davis Price at the third round felt really, really early and unnecessary. Danny Gray, I love the speed at wide receiver. He'll have a good fit in that offense. And then a couple, you know, developmental offensive linemen. And I like Tariq Castro Fields, the corner in the sixth round. I don't know if it's enough, and I don't know... If Trey Lance is, and I'm not saying this indicating anything, I don't know if Trey Lance is ready. There's, but they haven't given us any indications that Trey Lance is ready. And like you said, Jimmy's just hanging around there. What is Jim? You know, what is the? What are people gonna say if Jimmy wins that job in camp after all they invested in going up to get Trey? So, this is a team that you know the the high flying vibes have kind of taken a little bit of a hit. They always overcome that, and they're so good up front on defense. They run the ball. But I think they need Trey Lance to show he's ready for primetime and take a massive step for them to be back in the AFC, NFC Championship. And I don't think they could do it without Debo. I don't know. There was players that dropped in the draft, more so because of injuries that they have, whether they're going to play next season. David Ojabo and the Kobe Dean going toward round. But Jameson Williams isn't expected. Well, it's up touch and go whether he's going to be ready for next season. And during our live show last week, we felt it was more likely a team would, would draft for him who has the luxury of not needing them necessarily at the start of the season, but yet the Lions are probably far from that. They're a team that need as many players as they, as they can get. Were you surprised they made the jump? And when they did, initially, everybody felt potentially they were jumping up for a quarterback. You know, I was surprised by the move. Um, 32 to 12 is a long way to go. It's not something you see in a lot of drafts. with a division rival, and they kind of fleeced the Vikings on the trade value, so that was very surprising. I had... Usually you pay a tax in that situation, and they didn't pay a tax. Not, so not even a forced round in return. No, no, it was um, real a really poor job, honestly, by the Vikings, and a great job by Brad Holmes. So I wasn't shocked they went up for J-Mo. They needed speed in the offense, and they're really patient there. They're safe. They could lose a lot of games this year, and they're safe. Those guys are on five-year deals. They They like Jared Goff more than the general public. They feel like they have an excellent intermediate target in Amon Ross St. Brown. They like TJ Hawkinson. They like their backfield. They think they have an identity to be a tough, hard-nosed team, especially with Aiden Hutchinson. And they felt like the upside of Jamison Williams as the potential top receiver in this draft with sub-4-3 wheels and route polish is going to pay dividends for them in year three, maybe the end of this year, but really year three and on that it was worth going up for him rather than at 12. Drake was gone. Garrett Wilson was gone. Chris Olave was gone. So you kind of found yourself in a difficult situation where Jameson's talent was well worth it. And once again, not every team had the luxury that if they come out losing early this year that their seats won't get warm. 
that won't happen in Detroit. So they thought it was a worthwhile gamble for their offense. And to be fair to the Lions, you look at their de- their team now, a couple of years ago or even last year, nothing scares you. And now you have Aiden Hutchinson on one side, Jamison Williams on the other. Those guys scare you. Very, very quick fire round before we let you go, Connor. You're, you're a busy man. One team that's very well supported in Europe, not just Ireland, is the Patriots. And I feel like... It breaks my to- heart, by the way. I grew up a New York <laughs> Jets fan in New Jersey. Um, it's got to be because of Brady's... Tom Brady. Right? Well, Brady's got like literally like is it two connections to Ireland through Cork and Calvin? Big shout out to Cork and Calvin, but no, seriously, Connor, like seriously, what was going on there last week? Like, like I think projected 32nd with, with all their picks. Um, interesting choices. Yeah, way off the board, right? I, I think you can look at it and go, they got guys that fit what they want to do and are gonna be okay NFL players and strange. Pierre Strong, Marcus Jones, the slot corner, one of the best returners I've ever evaluated. Why not move? Those guys aren't going in that round. Those guys aren't going in the next round. I I think it's, um, you know, Bill can be a little bit stuck in his ways. And the board they build, to a fault maybe, they stick to it. I'll say this about New England. We're going to learn a lot. You know, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa okay what Bill Belichick has not had a lot of success since Tom left on what he's used to having success Bill Belichick's a great coach and a great football man and knows 80 times more about football than I could ever ever dream of but they feel like they're starting to fall a little behind compared to what we're seeing and I think at the end of the day guys you can be about the Patriot way you could be about your system but talent wins you football games. Talent has always won you football games. Talent will always win you football games. And I look at New England, and I don't think they're a bad football team. I think they're a well-coached team. I think they got some really nice pieces. You look at what the Bills have done. I don't see them running with the Bills, not even close. You look at what the Dolphins have done. Serious questions about Tua. Dolphins have had a lot of talent over the last couple of years. Listen, I'll never get ahead of myself with my New York Jets. But they had a really good draft. And I'm not saying they're going to give New England problems, but you cannot deny that they had a really good draft. They're probably not ready to jump New England, but at some point you you got to keep up in that division. And I, I see them falling behind the Bills. And that has to be pretty scary for a franchise that is, was a legitimate dynasty. There's no way around it. The NFL uh, world kind of lost its mind this week because of Ryan Tannehill's comments. And I watched it going, oh, my God, the Broncos were ahead of the curve because we had this with Joe Flacco like three years ago. Um, So amazing for the Broncos to be ahead of the curve in the NFL. That's been a while. Um, But I suppose, look, the last time we saw the Titans on the field, it was incredibly disappointing. It was incredibly disappointing from Tannehill. It was incredibly disappointing from a play calling perspective. Nothing, nothing worked for them. Um, AJ Brown has moved on. What did you think about the rest of their offseason moves and their draft? Oh, man, you talk about New England and the whole falling behind approach. Um, Man, like, how do we not think that right now with the Titans, right? I mean... It's just tough. It's tough. I like Traylon Burks a lot, and I think he's going to be a player there. But this was the number one seed in the AFC, the glorious, competitive AFC. And now you look at them and go, am I picking them to make the playoffs? I don't know yet. I'm not, I don't know yet. So it's been tough. You know, 
teams get backed against the wall in financial situations. They clearly found themselves in one with A.J. Brown. I'm rooting for Malik Willis. It's going to take a while. That's not even a blip on the radar right now. So if Derrick Henry can get healthy, they can run the ball like we've seen them run the ball, and that defense gets healthy and right under Mike Vrabel, they're going to be an issue. But when you look at what the Browns have done, you look at what the Bengals have done, you look at the Bills, you look at the Chiefs, you look at the Colts, guys, in the division with Matt Ryan right now. The Titans, the Titans have some issues right now, and Tannehill has to have his best year of his career, and we'll see if he can get it right. But it's they're a team that absolutely feels like they took a little bit of a step back. Connor staying within that division. We we had Sean Prendergast on from the Houston Sports Radio this week, and he feels the Texans are finally turning a corner after a couple of years. It was he felt it was a really productive draft with Stingley getting the you know dropping back again to fifteen and still getting an offensive line guy, and then Meshi the the wide receiver from Alabama in the second round. Were you were you impressed with how they went about their business this year? I, I was. I think they did some really calm and collected things. Stingley is an upside pick, but Kenyon Green, rock solid guard. Jalen Petrie replaces Justin Reed on the back end. I like Mechie if he's healthy. I think he could be a really good number two for Brandon Cooks as the number one. And they got some value. Damian Pierce was my fourth-rated running back in this draft. They could not run the football last year, guys. Now Kenyon Green in front, Damian Pierce in the backfield. I think they did a lot of really nice things, honestly. And then you talk about the athleticism of Christian Harris in the middle of the defense. So they're still far away. They're trying to figure out what they have in Davis Mills. And if they need to go into the quarterback class next year, that's really, really talented. Or if Mills is going to overachieve expectations. But at least they have some pieces on the roster that are, are turning the corner to be a competitive football team again with all this draft capital they've collected. And I think they spent it in a really good way. Connor, we really appreciate you coming on. At Connor, two, two ends, Jay Rogers, at on on twitter and connor look thanks so much for coming on hopefully it won't take this long to chat to you again we'll maybe chat to you in a few months appreciate yeah. the support and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the offseason yeah let's uh let's catch up in the summer i'll be much more alive i promise you'll catch me refreshed coming off vacation feeling good i'll have a real voice again you got about half my voice right now so uh it's always a lot of fun talking to you guys and, and let's let's definitely catch up this summer and, and talk about this 2022 nfl season